Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ah! Wake me up! Free me from this! That wake up guy was trouble! Yo, get out of bed! What are you doing? You're late! You're late! You're late! Come on, everybody! Wake up! Brian Wake me up! This is my wake up show. Now, waking you up from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Oh, welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show. We got a big one coming up for you today. Comedian Roger Radley. We're going to talk about a new kind of work email that's headed your way. We do not think you're going to like it. Plus, what's your restaurant check strategy? But to kick us off, Lamar was telling us that the uh, government of Miami has a plan that is going to ruin maybe some folks' vacation strategy in the next couple of months. Before we get started, instead of getting into a relationship and scrambling to make those Valentine's Day reservations way too late, just go to bobandsherry.com and enter to win a me party box with the Scone Goddess Scones, a main Needham sampler box, and more. Well, in recent years, Miami Beach officials, they have tried everything they could think of to deal with the spring breakers who come to South Beach to party, and they pack Ocean Drive during the month of March, and none of them have stopped people from visiting, and last year's festivities had a lot of violence and hundreds of arrests, and it's just, it's really, it, I'm satisfied it brings them a lot of money, but it probably cost them a lot of money too. And most people that's got any sense, if you're just like an adult with a family, you're not going there no. during that month. And so, no. you know, and that's who spends money. Families, families with kids, they spend money. Uh, this year, the city's going to try to get ahead of the chaos. To do so, officials are spelling out a series of measures that have harsh consequences for misbehavior and discomfort even for those who simply want to have a good time. A new messaging campaign from the city declares that, quote, Miami Beach is breaking up with spring break. And it features imagined text messages on billboards, conversations which says, hey, spring break, we're over. Okay. I mean, they're really going all out. And they've walked a fine line in their messaging, insisting that Miami Beach is still welcoming visitors but also announcing steps that are likely to make even their experience in the city not quite as easy. The police chief said that people can expect license plate readers, 
DUI checkpoints, and more police in South Beach than you've ever seen before. It'll be difficult to get here to our city, and once you get here, the expectation will be that you play by the rules. Last month, a city commission voted to preemptively endorse several measures through March, including a flat $30 parking rate at city garages uh, and, and different lots of South Beach. Now, from March 7th through 10th and 14th through 17th, it's a $100 parking rate, except for residents and employees. There's going to be restricted Whoa. entry to those places. You, after 6 p.m., you can't come in. A double towing rate. If you have to be towed and you're a non-resident, it's going to cost you $516 to be towed <laughs> or to get your car back after it's towed. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're going to have security checkpoints, bag checks to enter the beach. They're going to close the beach entrances at 6 p.m. Uh, the license plate readers on the eastbound lanes of the uh, Julia Tuttle and MacArthur Causeways are going to be wide open, uh, and it's going to cause traffic delays. A DUI sobriety checkpoint is going to be on 5th Street, and there's a ban on the rental of slingshots. You know what I'm talking about? Those the vehicles that's got like the yeah two yeah it's kind of like it's a, like, yeah. a, it's like a motorcycle car type thing like a three wheeled yeah, yeah. open yeah. vehicle yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 they're not they're they're, they're going to ban the rentals of slingshots golf carts and electric scooters and other motorized vehicles from March seventh through ten and March fourteenth through seventeen. So they're 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 sort of locking it down. Now, if that keeps a bunch of crazy, drunk, violent people from coming, it may help them. I, I, I don't know. Probably a lot of people just mark that off. They're not going there. Families are not going during this time. But, I mean, they're trying to do something because I know it's tough. I mean, it's really tough. And when you start having people with violence and people getting killed and stuff like that, it's just terrible for your city. Well, also, I mean, some of those hotels, I mean, there's Miami, there's, if people aren't familiar, there's Miami, which is the city, city part of the, of that area. And then there's Miami beach, which is kind of separated. It's like a barrier yeah. Island almost. And that's where you, you know, the fountain blue hotel and all of those art deco hotels that have been refurbished just to stay there in one of those rooms, like 600, $700 a night. In some cases, yeah. if you're, if you're a couple and, and you're paying that, you do not want to hear screaming and sirens at four o'clock in the morning. And no, that's probably, yeah. you know, really their bread and butter. Fort Lauderdale, yeah. uh, which was the first town to uh, invite spring breakers way back in, the, I guess, the 1950s. They finally couldn't couldn't take it anymore. They closed it down. But then they said, oh, some of the merchants are losing money. They opened it up. But after a year or two, they shut it right down. I don't know what they're doing right now, but. Local people have just had enough of, of folks, yeah. uh, you know, going crazy. I see why. I do, too. I do, too. I don't these, blame them. No, if I was, these darn if I was 19 kids years their, old, I might feel another these, way, you know. <laughs> these darn kids with their rock and roll music. Right, right. <laughs> Dancing I, I, I caught myself. <laughs> I caught myself. These, these darn youngsters, they're not like we used to be. They're loud no, rock that's and right. roll music. And it's not even rock and roll music. It's, I don't know what it is. <laughs> hey, speaking of music, we are going to give you some uh, a taste of an American Idol contestant. 
Max heard him and said to me, I think he's some reincarnated classic country star. Wait till you hear this guy. Next, it's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Okay, so auditions are going on right now for the new season of American Idol where Katy Perry has just abruptly left saying that the producers told her she had to be the mean judge and she didn't want to be the mean judge, so she's gone. But the contestants are coming out because whether you are paying attention or not, American Idol is still a pretty viable pathway into the music business. And Max was watching and he said to me, we were talking about reincarnation, like, Listen to this guy. So tell us about this contestant. We're going to play his audition for you. So this is, um, his name is Tristan Harper. He is 15. I'll say that again. He's 15. And we're going to pick up the conversation in the middle where he's talking about he and his mother became homeless. I want you to listen to his voice and then he's going to sing. You know, it was not easy me watching my mom sit there and cry at night, you know, and not knowing what to do. I'd got to that point where I said, God, I'm, I need you to help me. And my papa, he drove all the way from Alabama and Arkansas nonstop to come and get us. I'm just so proud, boy. Yeah, real proud. Just don't forget your roots. You know what? Where you come from. I never thought I'd be able to tell my story to American Idol, ever. Makes me happy just thinking about it. <laughs> So now he's now he's going to sing. Hang on a second. It's about as compelling as it's gonna get. So I just want to get right to the goods, and I'm just gonna say this out loud. Please, God, sing, okay? (laughs) Okay. Give it to us. All right. A heart on a run keeps her hand on a gun. Can't trust anyone. Well, I was so sure what I needed was more. Try to shoot out the sun. In days when we raced, we flew off the pitch. Such damage was done. But I made it through Cause somebody knew That I was meant for someone So girl, leave your boots by the bed We ain't leaving this room But someone is mad at the lip Or the magnolia's bloom And I ain't going out to chop wood wow. So cover me up And know you're enough To use me for good uh-uh. <laughs> That's about as country as it gets Yeah, His name is Tristan, Tristan Harper Please, somebody sign this kid. Oh, my God. I don't know how he's going to do in the competition. Obviously, he's moved on to, you know, the next level. But (laughs) that was pure country. He wasn't faking it. No. And it's not just just the way he sings. It's when he speaks. He sounds like a middle-aged man. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is I got, a, most I, got a, I got a feeling. I got a feeling with his story. He's probably lived uh, two lifetimes in that 15 years, maybe. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, wow. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about old Pawpaw there saying, well, I'm real proud of you, but uh, don't forget where you came from. Don't get above your raisin and all of that. Listen, if I'd gone through that, the only thing I want to do is forget about where I came Just from. Forget my raisin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get get me the swimming pool in Nashville shaped like a guitar. That's what I want. I mean, that kid, that was an audition. Think about what you just heard. Uh, uh, yeah, he that, really get this, up there. this kid had man, Tristan Harper. Hey Max, let's post that. Send okay. me that. I will. I'll get that scheduled. All right, we got morons in the news straight ahead. Wow. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the news is sponsored by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's Bob and Sherry. The craziest. Moronic. Asinine. With morons in the news. Every once in a while, I come upon a moron in the news story that makes me sick. No, it's not because of blood and guts and all of that. It's something like this. The Florida Lottery has confirmed that the deadline for claiming a $36 million Mega Millions winning (laughs) ticket expired on Sunday. No. It expired on Sunday. The numbers were 18, 39, 42, 57, 63. And um, the winner had 180 days and did not claim it. So here's my question to you. Would you rather not know if you had it? Or Please, would I you want to know? know. No, I oh, never I don't want to know. know. Do not want no, to know. I wouldn't either. Want to know. I, would, I would never want to know. Why do you I buy it if you don't check it? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know after I die and walk through the tunnel of white light. I don't want to be greeted with, hey, you're going to love this. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. $36 million Mega Millions lottery ticket that didn't get claimed. Girl, that was in your glove box. I don't want it, to know. It's 90 days you have to get it. I just, I just oh. looked it up. So I thought oh. maybe a year, but it says 90 days. It's 180 days in Florida, so maybe it's different everywhere. But anyway, yeah. it's gone, and we and 80 percent of it goes to education, and of course the other 20 percent into the pockets of local politicians. So that's where that goes. <laughs> no, somebody, no, I'm only kidding. I, I'm, I'm, there is no way. I, I, I just please let this person never discover this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Terrible. Terrible. In St. Thomas, police were called in to meet the owner of a nearby mechanic shop. She told them that a few days earlier, somebody had stolen items out of her Nissan Pathfinder, which had been left unlocked. A man reportedly approached the business owner and offered to sell her a power inverter. Upon inspecting the item, she told police that she recognized it as the same power inverter that was stolen from her vehicle days earlier. She confiscated the item from the would-be seller and called 911. Police made contact with John David Turnick Jr., the man who had tried to sell the business owner her own stolen property. He not only reportedly admitted to uh, trying to sell the power inverter, but also to being in possession of the other items that had been taken, including a speaker, flashlights, and a hammer. 
Police reports indicate the attorney initially confessed to being the one who removed the items out of the woman's pathfinder, but after having get to the police station for questioning, he reportedly said that he had received the items from someone else he preferred not to name. Turnick was arrested and charged for possession of stolen property and was remanded, remanded into custody after being unable to post a bond of $25,000. Now listen, we may say Mr. Turnick is a moron, but not that many people need a power inverter, and he knew one person that didn't have one for sure. That's Marketing 101. I think he's not yeah, so stupid yeah. after all. Providing a he service. Knew his, yeah. He knew his customer. He knew his customer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got video for this last story of morons in the news today. A woman came home. She lives in England on the Isle of Wight, which sounds so exotic. Her name is Charlotte Glazier. She unlocked her front door and walked in and found that her kitchen had been completely ransacked and a hole had been kind of hacked into her pantry door. There was a whole trail of destruction in the house and she followed it out of the kitchen, through the living room, up the stairs where furniture had been knocked over, electrical sockets torn right out of the walls. And then she found the culprit. It was a terrified, furious badger hiding inside a trash can that was tipped over on its side. Right? So wait. So she calls the police and the police tell her, we are living in some kind of reality now because the police tell her there is nothing we can do, ma'am, about your your badger problem. So then she calls the um, Royal SPCA. And they said, yeah, we don't have anybody anywhere near you that can deal with this. (laughs) Meanwhile, the badger is clawing inside the trash can and hissing and the house is trashed. So um, they said, have you thought about calling the Badger Trust of the Isle of Wight? And the woman was like, I didn't even know it existed. No, I didn't think about calling the Badger (laughs) Trust of the Isle of Wight. So she calls the Badger Trust, and they answered, and they said, oh, absolutely, we are on our way. They show up at her house, they capture the badger, and they take it and transport it and release it back into the wild. See, when you were a kid, you thought that if you ever came home and a wild, clawed animal had done something to your house, that you could call 911 and somebody would come help you. I know. But if you, I know. If you don't, if you don't live near your local badger trust, GFL, everybody. We're going right. to post this video up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook. This is Bob and Cherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Cherry app. I don't even know what to say about this world anymore, you guys. This happened at the yeah. Boston airport. U.S. Customs and Border Protection dogs alerted to some luggage that belonged to a passenger that was returning from a visit to the Democratic Republic of Congo. So the uh, dogs are going nuts and the immigration officials say, sir, um, what is in your bag? And the passenger said, oh, I've got some dried fish in there. And so... The immigrations officer said, we're going to have to open it up. We're going to have to take a look. And um, there were not there were not dried fish in his bag. There were four mummified monkeys in this man's oh, suitcase. 
and um, customs and official uh, customs and border control said, "Sir, why do you have uh, four mummified monkeys here in your suitcase?" And the picture is really something. And the gentleman said, "Oh, I'm I'm not going to sell them or anything. Those are for my own consumption." So mm. the immigration officers were like. Wow. You're, you're going to eat these mummified monkeys. And um, he said, yeah, it's bushmeat. Well, it's banned in the United States because the dangers of bringing bushmeat into the U.S. are very real. It can carry germs and pathogens, including the Ebola virus. Okay. Um, the luggage was seized and the nearly nine pounds of mummified monkey were marked for destruction by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say anymore about reality. I, I know Listen, I can't get y'all to eat a damn salad, and kale is out I, of the I, question. <laughs> but you traveled halfway that, around the world to eat a mummified monkey, sir. I don't know what to do with you. I know Lunchables are dry, but a mummified monkey, I, that's not good eating. I can't believe yeah. that that's, that's a delicacy. That's going to need it like all day in the crock pot, Bob. You don't yeah. know. All day. You all don't day. know. It could be good. No. Ah, what's wrong with everyone? What is wrong with all of us? It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. So I was at a party. One of uh, Mary's friends uh, threw a party and meeting new people. And of course, you know, Everybody always asks, well, what do you, you enjoy do? enjoy that. You know, yeah. right. And and how about your wife? You know, what does your wife do? And I say, well, um, I'm a uh, broadcaster and um, my wife is a therapist. And they go, oh, well, uh, tell me about your work. I said, well, I've been working with the same women for like three decades. And they go, wow. I said, and she's a therapist too. And then I beat them to the uh, punchline. I say, yeah, a therapist at work, a therapist at home. I don't have to think about anything my entire life. It's always <laughs> pointed out. Everything's always pointed out. So an example of that is there was uh, somebody uh, got in contact with me from my past and uh, a problem arose that I had to deal with. And I'm looking at it and talking out loud going, I cannot believe that I have to put up with this and deal with this. This is going to ruin the whole day. And I hate when I go to that dark place. And Mary was right there and she said, you can't, you can't say those words out loud. You're saying them out to the universe. It's going to come back to you, all that negativity. And I said, well, I don't know. What am I going to do with this? She goes, all right. And at that, when I heard, all right, she knows she can't be my therapist because we sleep together. We live together, right? She really can't. If I want a therapist, it's got to be somebody else, even though that's what she does. So she said, I'm, I'm just going to give you one trick and see if it works for you. I'm gonna, what is it? And she said, every time you go to that dark place, give it a name and say, not now. I said, give it a name. She said, yeah. So what's the name you're going to give it? And I thought of a couple of people that I'd like to say not now, but I don't even want to mention their name. And so I came up with Nikki. There was a scary okay. guy when I was in high school named Nikki. And this, this, I told you about this guy. This is the guy we were in gym class changing. He hung his gun up in the locker. Now today, <laughs> you know, he would have been reported. 
But I watched him hang it on a hook like you would hang a hat inside his locker. I was walking home with my friend Paul and Richie. There was Nikki. Nikki had his gun. And he said, you want to see something? And he fired it into, um, into a hill, uh, a small hill next to us. And all I can remember is going, that is so cool, Nikki, <laughs> and kind of moving along. So I chose Nikki. So from this point on, every time there's something that's negative, I may have to use it on the show. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to try what she said. I'm going to say, not now, Nikki. Uh-uh. Get away, Nikki. And just shoo away the aggravation with the thought of my controlling Nikki. I like it. Um, I, I don't know that you're going to be able to stick with it, but I like it. I hope Not now, can. Nikki. Not now, Nikki. <laughs> Have you used it yet? Have you had a chance to give it a real world tryout? Yeah, once or twice. Sometimes, I mean, you know me, I forget sometimes. But um, I got to, uh, now that I've committed on the air, I, I have to embrace it all the time. Because it does make, I mean, it does make sense. If you just say, you know what, I'm having a good day. Not now, Nikki. Not now. And sometimes when he takes away whatever the problem is, it resolves itself anyway. And I was just borrowing trouble, which is sort of my brand. See, that she's right about this in that um, you allow something that could happen, that might yeah. happen, to ruin right. what is happening. And you That's have right. to agree yourself that that doesn't. That when you say no, that I do out agree. loud, that I doesn't do agree. sound so sane. I know it, but it's so grooved in me. I've been trying to figure out why I do this. You know, it's it's a little late in the game to you know take a look at oneself and why do you do this? But you know, why do I borrow it? Is is was it be, just engraved in my mind because of my parents' struggles with money? What would be the reason for that? Because there are people I, I know think, that never do anything like that. I think that you do that for the same reason that a lot of women watch um, murdery husband true crime shows. Because if we are focused on it, we think that we're prepared and it won't happen to us. And I oh, think yeah. you do that. Yeah. Because you figure if I get out in front of how this is going to ruin my day, uh -huh. then uh -huh. it's not sneaking up on me. Yeah, my day's yeah. been ruined, but I saw it coming. Right. Yeah. Get away, Nikki. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think yeah. you're right. Um, can I pay you in cash, or will you take you take checks? I see our time is up. Um, I I used to take insurance, Bob, but the paperwork is so much of too much. Burden, yeah. So it's just strictly right. cash here. <laughs> Let me see what I have. <laughs> Nikki. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry website. The Oddcast. Contest info. Bobandsherry.com. Max, is it okay to talk about what happened to you during yeah. your last weekend of being in the play Murder on the Orient Express? Yeah. Yeah. This is a scary, wild story, Bob. Wait till you hear this. Mm -hmm. So I am waiting at a traffic light that is right outside where the theater is, and I'm just sitting there waiting for the light to change, and all of a sudden, boom, I am hit in the rear. Oh, no. And so I uh, was able to get the car off the road in front of where the theater was, and I have been hit not just by a car, not just by a van. I have been hit by an as big as you can get 18-wheeler. Has hit oh, me in the oh, rear. Oh, no. Yes. 
And so um, we are pulled to the side of the road. Now, it is really jarring when that happens. And you're, you know, so I am get out of the car and the guy gets out of the truck and he is very apologetic. And we're, we're trying to size up the situation. He's got to call his boss. I've got to call the police. And, you know, we're sitting there. So now we're waiting for the police and his boss to show up to the accident scene. Now, I have a play that I have to be in. <laughs> that starts at eight o'clock. And so at this point, it's 630. So, uh, you know, I think things are going pretty well. During the course of us waiting for this, this man with tears in his eyes says, I'm going to lose my job because of this. And I mm. said, but this was an accident. And I have just been hit in the rear and I am in the very weird position of trying to console this guy about his possible job loss. <laughs> And wait, wait, Unfair. I think we have to say that Max was rear-ended by an 18-wheeler. Max drives a small two-seater car. Yeah. So that was, was not a fair ask, fight. You you were in the sports car. That yeah, is I was. not a big car. Wow. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you said that like I have more than one car. It is my only car. Uh, so now the police comes and the police is sizing up the situation. And I said to the, to the woman, I said, I... Uh, you know, I have a play that I have to be in. So I'm just to let you know, apparently running the information on an 18 wheeler takes a long time. Mm. So we're sitting there and this guy is still concerned about, you know, his job loss. Now his, his boss job. shows up. It's federal mm -hmm. express, by the way. So his boss shows up and he's talking to him and, and they're trying to get through things. Meanwhile, I'm sort of inching my way back to the police car. Like, um, you know, I have a play that I have to be on stage here <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, and I, I know I, I know that this is important, and I'm okay, and the driver is okay. There's damage to my car, obviously. Um, by the time they finished up with the police reports and everything else, I had 10 minutes to get on stage. I had 10 minutes to get in my costume and get on stage. So I parked the car and then I sprinted to go in the backstage door to be able to come in. I have my yeah. arms outstretched like Rocky. <laughs> They're all repeating my name over and over. <laughs> it was a moment. So I got up, got the costume. Lord. I got down to the stage. I have five minutes to spare before uh, the curtain actually opens and the play starts. And it, and you made it. I did make it. Yes, and and the Good cop did Lord. say to me. She said, "I think you're going to make it." <laughs> oh my so, god! Uh, so what's the damage stressful. to the car? What's it's the a damage. damage the it's a damage to the bumper and the trunk. They'll probably have to be replaced. Um, okay. So it's but it wasn't not totaled. Or no, no, no. Like it that. was not no. totaled. Yeah, yeah. I, it was not totaled. We were both okay. Um, there was and FedEx has got insurance. Trust me. I'm guessing so they have good. pretty good insurance. Yeah. Uh, there was zero damage to the truck, but I have <laughs> to tell you, it. I'm the next night when I pulled to go to do the next, and I'm waiting at the light. I have all sorts of nervousness going on because of what had happened the previous evening. But now you you say that you're okay, but you know I give it a few days and don't scream. Call Hakeem, okay? <laughs> I've seen these billboards <laughs> on the highway. You never you never know. You never know, right? Well, Max, Max sent me okay. a picture of his car. That little car, that thing can take a beating. This is I don't know why, but this is the fourth time this car has been hit. 
Good once, Lord. Once hit and run, and then two other occasions, once while I was in it, and uh, another occasion as well. I have no idea why I have such bad luck with it, but I do. I'm Might just glad you're one. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. that little two-seater versus an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Straight ahead, comedian Roger Radley. It's Bob and Cherry. Everyone Needs a Laugh is sponsored by Nissan. It is time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Roger Radley. I'm happy to be here tonight, and I'm happy to relate to so many of you, those of you from the big families, probably like me. If you're from a big family, you maybe didn't have a lot. Am I right? Let's face it. It's hard raising a bunch of kids. And when you grow up on a farm with a bunch of kids, you don't have anything. So little things meant a lot. And for me, the first time I was the only kid to ride in the car, was a big deal. I remember sitting in the front seat, only kid, big shot. Because most of the time you hurtle down the highway with your face pressed up against glass. <laughs> Five or six brothers and sisters piled on top of you. Well, one of them's farting like a trumpet as you hurtle down the highway. It's true, that's how kids were. I remember sitting in the front seat of this car, 1960 Pontiac Bonneville. A car with a solid metal dashboard. (laughs) Solid metal that was beveled down to a nice sharp edge that lined up with the center of my skull. (laughs) Didn't have seat belts. Didn't need seat belts. We had vinyl seats. And you slap your butt down on vinyl seats in the summertime, you weren't moving anywhere, anyhow, and he just like... because these cars were hot. Did we have air conditioning? No, we didn't need it. We kept cool by opening up those triangular windows in the front, remember? They came to a nice sharp glass and metal point that when they were opened up, they lined up perfectly with the carotid artery of the passenger and the driver. Metal dashboard in front of me, radio control and heater knobs, steel dowels sticking out against a solid glass background right in front of me. No airbags, no seat belts, didn't need it. You know why? Because we had the best safety device ever invented. Remember? The arm oh dad. Brake lights going on up ahead, arm oh dad. Deer coming out of the ditch, arm o' dad. My dad loved us so much and was so concerned with our safety, oftentimes he would practice that for several hours before we even got out of the driveway. I remember riding in the front seat, knowing that that would protect me. That arm would come across in a nanosecond, hit you right in the throat, right? Flatten your windpipe and finally dislodged that darn jawbreaker that had been down there for over two weeks. But I felt safe and secure hurtling down the highway flanked by two loving adults who were chain-smoking Chesterfield Kings in an enclosed car while I was told to reach under the seat and open up another bottle of Schlitz for the both of them. By God, I survived. I deserve to breed and have offspring. That's all for me tonight. It's so true. He's great. That describes so many people's childhood. Yeah. Roger yeah. Radley. 
We'll get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Click the menu tab and look for Everyone Needs a Laugh. And while you're there, two things. Enter our Me Party Valentine's Day contest. We celebrate Love Month all month long here, and we don't care if your love of your life is a rescue dog. We want you to win a prize at BobandSherry.com. And you can nominate your favorite teacher for our teacher salute. We'd like to send your favorite teacher to Margaritaville Beach Resort in Fort Myers Beach, Florida. It's going to be an incredible weekend because teachers need a break. All of that is waiting for you right now at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Don't go anywhere. There's more Bob and Sherry straight ahead. This is Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. So we just had the comedian Roger Radley on, who is very funny, and he was talking about the first time he got to ride in the front seat of the family station wagon. And he said there were no seatbelts, but he wasn't worried because of the arm o dad. And the arm o dad, of course, was his father's arm. If there were, if there was some sort of a uh, accident ahead and he had to slam on the brakes, the the father's arm would come across your chest as if that would stop you from hurtling toward, you know, the window. And I had to laugh, and I also shivered because I had a kid at a very young age, and the marriage did not work out. And so there I was, a father, young, and out to start dating, and there was a woman that I really wanted to date very much. She had never been married and she, uh, you know, obviously didn't have children or anything like that. And I had a, I had a Volkswagen and it was as stripped down as you could get it. Didn't have any air conditioning. I think it had seatbelts, but after having had a kid, the Armo dad was natural. And she and I are out on, it wasn't a first date. It was like a third date. And I'm driving along, and all of a sudden, there's an accident. And I hit the brakes, and I throw my arm up to protect her. And she had never experienced that before. Why would she? She, But she'd seen her own father do that. And I thought, oh, my God, do you know what you just did? You just became a dad, not a sexy guy, on the first date. And there was a pause, and she said, well... I feel very comfortable now. And I thought, oh, thank you. Thank you for being so sweet, so kind, and not busting me. Did you know what he was talking about? We only have a few seconds here, Lamar. Absolutely. Did you know what, Absolutely. what he was talking yes. about? Did you, Have yes. you done that with your own kids? Yes, many times, many times. Yeah. Many I don't times. know if it's done that much today because cars are so much better. This is Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Oh, we would love to have you on the show. See what you're thinking. What's going on in your life? If you have a comment on something you heard on the Bob and Sherry show, just call 844-52-SHERI. That's one way. Or go get the Bob and Sherry app wherever you get your apps. You'll find a little microphone right there. Pop it and you're on the air. Let's see. Hi, guys. Um, I finally was able to listen to the Valentine's Day podcast. And Bob did that for Mary, washing the sheets and that. Well, I have a poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. Bob made the bed, and Mary hadn't a clue. You guys have a great day. (laughs) She's sweet. If you weren't with us, I was talking about how... um, she was having a long week, and I said, you know, we need to change these sheets. And I, I 
wash them and I dried them and I put them on and, you know, it's like wrestling with an octopus and I got it. She got into bed that night, crisps, sheets, her, her, her teddy bear was right there. Everything was perfect. She's sitting up with her TikToks and I came in like four times and nothing. And then finally, because as everyone knows, I do like to get credit. I said, How, how's the bed feel tonight? Oh, oh, I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. And that's what she's referring to. <laughs> I still I still have not really gotten credit for that. All right, what's the next uh what's the next Hi Bob and Sherry and the gang listening to your Valentine podcast. I have my grandmother's love letters from my grandpa. They were divorced. He stole money out of the safe from the store that he worked at. And he got caught and put in prison. I think it was around Kansas. We all live in Indiana. And I have the letters that he wrote to her. Where, oh, God. She go? Papa's love letters from prison. That was all there was to the message. Song. It's a country That's song. treasure. But, you know, that's treasure. We don't have – we're not going to have that kind of stuff now because – all of our communication is ephemeral. You're not going to have Pawpaw's yeah. text messages from prison. You know, no. you're not going to have Mama's Snapchat and how she met your daddy. Like we're we're losing a lot of cool stuff now that none of us write like old fashioned. I wonder love what he said, and I wonder how long the time was that he was doing. He must uh, have what, stolen well, a lot of money saddest. to go to prison. He must have. Yeah. 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 God, that's the saddest thing. You're still in. Lo- you're divorced. But you're still in love with her and you're in prison. Oh, Merle Haggard would turn down that one. And that is and, just the saddest and, and Bob, thing. Bob, can I tell you, Max will agree with this because we come across a lot of your um, Kansas, Nebraska, Missouri prison stories working on true weird stuff. <laughs> There's something extra about Paul Paul went to prison in Kansas. There's just yeah, there something. <laughs> extra severe about that and is i can't it, is really it because tell of you the why tri- is it the trim and capote book that uh people are talking about now because of the because of the swans tv show in on cold FX? blood in cold blood. cold blood it's yeah. in cold blood it's bonnie and clyde it's that's true the, yeah. it's prohibition like mm-hmm. kansas Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas, Nebraska, you would not believe the mayhem, well, Oklahoma, the mayhem that went down in the heartland. And Kansas City was a hotbed of illegal activity at one time, like in, oh, the, in the, the 20s and yeah. 30s. It really was. You know why the that Bonnie is? Bonnie and Clyde because, thing is definitely part of it because they, well, were, they, were like, they were like folk heroes for a while in the Midwest. The real reason that Kansas City was the capital of vice is because the the mayor of Kansas City decided the prohibition wasn't anything he felt like participating in. And so it was and open. didn't. It, mm-hmm. Kansas City was like Kansas City was like Las Vegas is today. Like what happens in KC stays in KC. All the vice flowed into Kansas City because the the politicians in Kansas City were like yeah, we're not we're not so much for this uh, prohibition silliness. We're just not going to participate. And it was a seething uh, party town during prohibition. So when I, I hear something like "Granddaddy stole some money and went to prison in Kansas," I'm like, "Oh, he did hard time. He did hard, mm-hmm. hard time mm-hmm. in our land." 
It, it must have been a lot of money. A lot of money to go to prison. Yeah. I wonder if she divorced him after he got caught, or if they were. She did. They were before. divorced when he was writing her from prison. That's what she said. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they were divorced. It takes a certain kind of woman to, um, after you steal from her enough to get sent to a Kansas penitentiary. That's a woman that'll stand by you, Bob. That's a yeah. rare woman. Yeah. That is a rare That's woman. Right. You treat that woman like gold. You don't steal from that woman, Papa. <laughs> All right, straight ahead. Straight ahead. It is one of the most shocking flops unbelievable movie disasters we have it for you it's bob and sherry it's the stuff we wouldn't couldn't shouldn't do on the regular show the oddcast podcast on the free bob and sherry app okay so a brand new marvel movie debuted on valentine's day starring dakota johnson it's called madam mm. web right and um madam madam web it's a very interesting superhero you may not have ever heard of madam web here's her backstory her name is cassandra webb she's a psychic and she uses her precognitive abilities to help spider people. Um, like, you know, Spider-Man and I guess Spider-Boy. Madam Web discovers Peter Parker's secret identity as Spider-Man when he rescues one of her students. And so because she has these psychic abilities like telepathy and she can predict the future and she can do astral projection and appear to other people in spirit form, she is able to help the spider people. So they cast uh, Dakota Johnson in this and Sydney Sweeney and the studio, the movie studio is planning, Sony Pictures is planning to create a whole new superhero franchise, except the movie is so bad Mm. that not only are they canceling the franchise, they said they won't even touch this storyline for at least a decade. Here's the trailer. You inherited a gift to see the future. Get off, get off. What? That man is trying to kill you. Cassie, those girls need your protection. How do I even know if I can change anything? The power of your mind has infinite potential. Well, exclusively in cinemas. So um, here's the deal. Um, the movie has the lowest box office of any Marvel superhero movie ever. And as the reviews came in, because it's so bad, it's only got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like the worst score ever for a superhero movie. And that's saying something, because remember Shazam, the Fury of the Gods? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, on uh, Valentine's Day night, because it opened on Valentine's Day, and people had bought advanced tickets. Like people that are fans of the Marvel Universe were supporting this movie, and they had bought advanced tickets for screenings all over the country. And then the reviews started hitting the internet Wednesday morning and Wednesday afternoon. And um, one uh, head of a big movie theater chain like AMC said, On Wednesday night, we watched advanced purchase ticket sales declining in real time. People were refunding their advanced tickets. Um, And what what an interesting career she's having, you know? I mean, she took all of that abuse for the Fifty Shades stuff that she was in. Um, And then, you know, it looked like she came out of it unscathed. And now this. I watched over that great. I love Dakota Johnson as a talk show guest, maybe not so much as an actor, but over the weekend, because I had read about like how Madam Webb was just tanking out the wazoo. 
I uh, watched a collection of Dakota Johnson doing the talk show circuit to promote this movie on YouTube. And you have never seen a person less enthusiastic about a project. Like she, she never knew. came right out and said, this is awful. And I'm like horrified, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but she might as, she might as well have. It was, it got funnier was, and funnier the long it went on. I was supposed to go to that movie with Clay, uh, this, uh, few days ago. He, and we were planning on going, but Carla, I couldn't leave her. And so he went and, uh, I said, call me when you get out. He goes, I know it's going to suck. And he called me when he got out. And he said, oh, my gosh. He said, I was hoping it would be so bad it would be good. He said, no, it's just so bad. Well, and the he trailer is a was so oh, God, He's a Marvel. You know, he loves yeah. it. He loves it. But he, yeah. you know, and he had read yeah. some comic books. He had some backstory on the character. He said, it was just horrendous. So I'm glad I missed it. It's just a really bad movie. It's so yeah. bad that um, studio insiders are like, we're on our knees hoping to just make as much money as Shazam, the Fury of the Gods, which was a mm. notorious failure. Yeah. I, I cannot believe she'll survive this. Her career will survive this. But this is ugly. This is the sort of thing that gets uh, that follows an actor for the rest of their career. When oh, you can God, tank a right. Marvel franchise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not not just anybody can do that. Did it's, Halle Berry ever recover from Catwoman? No, not, not really. Not really. No. Not really. No. There's references all the time, I see. Yep. Hey, straight ahead. Um, the next time you get a nasty email from your job, like about layoffs or budget cuts or whatever, be prepared for it to be loaded up with emoji. We're going to tell you why next. No. It's Bob and Sherry. Can You Believe This is sponsored by Avatar, The Last Airbender, on Netflix, February 22nd. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this shit. I believe this Do you have any idea how many emojis are used every single day on this planet? You want to take a wild guess at it? <laughs> Two billion. <laughs> Two, Two billion. billion, Bob. All right, Max Lamar, Doc, what do you think? I, Two billion I, this, for Bob. <laughs> this is like dealing with the national debt. It's a number so enormous yeah. I can't imagine it. I'll say 100 billion. 100 billion. Lamar, Doc, what you got? I will How say 100 billion emoji? and one. 100 billion and 100 one. 100 billion and one. Doc? I'll go five, 500 billion. Bob Dang. is the closest. Bob is the closest. Really? A whopping six billion emoji are used wow. every day. And here is something that when I when I saw this, I was like, I can't believe this crap. You got to be kidding me. Here's the dealio. It turns out that if you have to deliver bad news at work, you should use emoji because using emoji or GIFs or pictures, it softens the blow. But I, I don't agree with this because if I got an email, um, attention uh, team, um, due to pressures in the economy, sad face, um, we are very sad to announce that there will need to be some layoffs and cutbacks. Poop emoji. Do you, do you see where this is going, right? Totally. All yeah. of you, all of you have contributed so much to this company's success. GIF of a standing ovation. But unfortunately, under the current economic conditions, um, we are not able to meet numbers. Image, picture of house on fire. 
Now you're getting this, right? You're looking at this in your email. Are you feeling better about knowing that you're no. going to lose no. your job? No, I'm not. Attention, no. attention, Bob Lacey, praying hands. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to, according to this, if you want to deliver bad news, people are already using winkies and smileys and that kind of thing, trophies in work email. Like it's slowly creeping into business emails. But now, according to this research, you should use emojis to soften the blow around that bad news, around those negative emotions. Listen, listen, this is what the uh, Dr. Monica Reardon, who uh, led this study, says, quote, the appropriate emotion expression brings virtual teams together, capturing nuances conversation that are otherwise impossible or inappropriate to convey with text. I don't know if I want that around bad news. How she's full of it. She's full. Yeah, she's crazy. absolutely full of it. Yeah, you know, sometimes crazy. somebody gets to a certain position and just because they have the position, it's taken for granted that they know exactly what they're doing. They've researched it. And sometimes they are just flat wrong. Kanye, I'm going to have to bow to Kanye if, if it's going this way, because he said in the future, we will not use letters. We will communicate with emojis. And everybody who read that laughed. But here we are. At least partially, are. it's creeping in. You know what we would become? We would be. It would be like the Chinese uh, alphabet. It would be like with characters rather than letters. Each emoji would be a different character. Oh, God. Well, they gave some examples of um, how what this looks like in practice. So, um, our latest numbers just got released. Thumbs down emoji. <laughs> That's the I worst. I can't even say it with a straight face. <laughs> Have you seen the, the email about the budget yet? Broken heart emoji. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> I don't want to go to work like this. <laughs> it's I don't so childish. Find out, I don't want to find out that across the board, corporate is cutting six positions in every market. Poop emoji. Right. Hopefully it's not you. Fire emoji. Like, See? It's, it's almost it's like being in second grade you know um i like you do you like me and there's a check mark for an emoji i'm, I'm telling you casual friday that's what started this role casual friday we're wearing yeah. jeans to work right. <laughs> and now a few years later we're emojiing everything it just slowly but surely we're devolving I mean, we're, yes, we're Lamar, back. clapping hands emoji, right. clapping hands yeah. emoji. I think you've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get this posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook <laughs> smiley face emoji. And hopefully you're not going to get laid off at your job today. <clears throat> sad face emoji. <laughs> you just you, you, blew, you blew my mind with just just the, the sight of a memo coming from the boss. Well, the monthly numbers are in head exploding emoji <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to Bob and Well, I cooked dinner last night and it was not a total failure. But it was almost a total failure. I I got really beyond my skis. I got my head beyond my skis. I can make two soups pretty good, and I could cook in a wok. But that's about it. I went out and got some fish over at the fish market. Grouper, all right? 
And I said to the fish lady, I said, I'd like to have uh, enough enough grouper here, because it's a mild fish, for two people. Well, she gave me this piece, and it was quite thick. But I said, yeah, I think we can, you know, both, you know, eat that. That'd be okay. And then I pulled up my recipe that I found online. And um, evidently, it was not for a fish that thick. Because after I breaded the thing, not really breaded it, I put the paprika and I put salt and pepper and it mixed it all up and uh, some parsley in there, chopped that all up and coated it. Uh, I put it in the oven and I was feeling okay. That damn fish would not cook. It would not cook. And, and the blonde <laughs> one now is getting suspicious. And she's coming in and she's hovering over me. And I get very nervous when she does that. But she's saying, uh, let me just take a peek in here. Oh, yeah, that's nowhere near done. Yeah, maybe put it on the broiler for a little while. And she's poking it. Oh, yeah, you couldn't eat that. By the time that fish came out of that oven, I didn't even recognize what it was. She'd poked it so much. It, it was the ugliest thing. And then the recipe called for, and I don't even like mayonnaise. It called for mayonnaise on the top of it. And I went and bought yes. some Duke's mayonnaise. And I put oh, it on the top. Great little yep. trick for a marinade. Yep. It is? Yeah, yeah. I was very worried about that. You do that on salmon? Just salmon, a little bit? Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, and it, you know, it tasted top. okay, yeah. but it wasn't, it really wasn't very good. And ugly? Oh, it looked like a beagle's butt. It was so ugly. <laughs> so she said, here's what she said. She said, well, listen, it was uh, edible and you're learning. <laughs> Not what I wanted. Not what I wanted. It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> the Bob and Sherry Podcast. Well, this is an extra refreshing and interesting take on fame from none other than Miss Sharon Stone. She's on the cover of InStyle Magazine. And um, she talks about how expensive it is to be famous. So I want, I'm going to run through some of these things. And I, and when after you finish hearing this, you're going to be like, yeah, it might not be the greatest thing in the world to be um, a giant superstar. She said that, so she's worth a lot of money, by the way. Sharon Stone has a net worth of about $60 million. So it's not like she can't afford this, but she said, here's one of the problems with being famous. Um, you cannot just jump on like a, a Delta flight and go somewhere. Getting through the airport is difficult. The flight is, to, everything about it is difficult. And I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking it too. It's like, I would like to know how difficult it is to be worth $60 million and have a hard time getting on a plane. But if she you're said worth $60 it is, million, why are you flying Delta? Well, I'm not sure she does. And that's yeah. like that's why. She's like, it's just so disruptive to the airport and the airline. Um, and then she said, you know, when you're famous and you're a famous woman, um, you have to look good all the time or you get trashed. So there's the cost of stylists. And and again, you know, it's really easy for us, the dirty peasants, to be throwing rocks and going, I wish I had your problems. But if you just step back from it, you go, yeah, that's kind of true, isn't it? And she said, how about you go out to dinner and you're just an invited guest and there's 15 people at the table and guess who gets the check? You get the check every single time that seems unfair she said it's usually about a three thousand dollar check and you get it 
every single time. You have to pay for security to travel with you and to protect your home. And you have to pay for, um, you know, stylists and PR people and all. She said a, a lot of people understand that Jennifer Lawrence, Nicole Kidman, they can't take commercial flights because it's so incredibly disruptive. And, and she said, sometimes people say to me, really, you have that problem? What have you been in? And she said, quote, dude, they know me in the Amazon rainforest. It's tampons, Q-tips, and Sharon Stone. Very, <laughs> very interesting and very honest. And she talked a little bit about um, some of what she's been through in the past couple of years. If you remember back in 2001, um, Sharon Stone had a stroke and nearly died. Yeah. She said she had yeah. this lightning bolt feeling of pain in her head. She was rushed to the hospital. She woke up on the gurney and said, where, where am I going? And the person wheeling her said, brain surgery. She said that um, they gave her exploratory brain surgery without my knowledge or my consent. They didn't take her pain seriously. They missed the brain hemorrhage, decided that I was just being dramatic and that hemorrhage that they missed left her with a nine-day brain bleed and a one percent, one percent chance of survival. And she pulled through it. Um, and she said, you know, now in hindsight, <clears throat> she said, what I learned through that experience is that in a medical setting, women just often aren't heard. Which is, you know, by the way, like data bears that out. Um, women get dismissed as dramatic or anxious or pill-seeking. You know, when it's endometriosis or fibromyalgia or whatever, right? Um, but Sharon Stone's best friend was with her that day they rushed her into the hospital and the friend was relentless. And she was the reason that they discovered the brain bleed and that um, Sharon Stone's life was saved. She had damage to, like all sorts of damage to her body as a result of the stroke. Um, it left her with um, a speech disorder and severe seizures. She said, I still take medication for all of that. She suffered from memory loss and damage to her vision. Mm. Like she's been through it, right? And you may not have known all of that. So when I'm reading this InStyle article where Sharon's like, it's very expensive to be me. I was like, yeah, queen, it is. You've been through it. You've given people a lot yeah. of pleasure with your movies. And I'm sorry you get stuck with the check every time. And but she, I, I read something out long ago that indicated that she had run through a lot of her money. Well, she, she did. I mean, look at those. You can imagine what her medical bills alone were Good like. Good Lord. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Plus, she's got to pick up the check every time anybody invites her anywhere. I, 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 you know what? If I went with a person who was wealthy, I wouldn't do that because that just would... That would, no. that would make me feel weird yeah. doing that. Like I couldn't do, couldn't do it. Now, if they couldn't did pay, it. if they insisted, I would allow them. Sorry. I would fight for the <laughs> well, check I mean, twice. Twice. I'd fight for it twice. It's Bob and Sherry. True. Weird. Stuff. He called himself the Comforter and the Emancipator. William E. Riker was a religious cult leader who preached what he called the perfect Christian divine way, the belief in celibacy and racial and gendered segregation. In the 1920s and 30s, he purchased 200 acres of land to establish a town built on white supremacy. He called it the Holy City. True. Weird. Stuff. 
New episodes drop every Friday everywhere you get your podcasts. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. So we were talking just a few minutes ago about Sharon Stone and how expensive it is to be Sharon Stone and how no matter where she goes, um, she gets stuck with the check every single time. And Lamar was saying, I'd fight for the check twice, and then I'm going to let you pick it up. Like if he's out to dinner with Sharon Stone or some really rich person. So what is the, what is your check fighting? What is your check strategy? I want to hear from all of you. Let's go around the table. Okay. All right. I got a, I got a couple of different ways this goes. Number one, if I'm at a table and there's a woman by herself, she's not paying. I will not allow it. I just will not allow it. It, mm-hmm. I, I just cannot let a woman pay for her meal. I just, I can't do it. And if she, her husband's with her, that's fine. But if it's a woman, you know, whatever. So I'll pick it up. My other pro it's a problem for me, really. Like we're at a big table. There's eight of us eating. Okay. We've all had a great time. We've all ordered and everything's great or whatever. Well, of course the waiter comes and says, do you want separate? Or do you want us all on one check? There's that stone cold silence at the table (laughs) and it's an uncomfortable, awkward silence. I let that awkward silence lay out there for about five seconds. It's all I can stand. And I go, no, put it all in one. Give it to me. I do it because I think it's just weird. It's very awkward when they ask that question. Now, if they come up and say, do you want this on separate checks? And everybody goes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. But if they say, do you want this all in one check and nothing is said, there's silence. For five seconds, I just go, Lamar, yeah, bring me the, just bring it to me. When That's I woke up this morning, the last thing on my bingo card was things Lamar has in common with Sharon Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, and, and I keep track. I keep track. I keep track when I go out and eat with people. If, if somebody has picked up the check the last time, I pick up the check this time. I, I, I don't. I, I never, I try to stay ahead of that. I just, I don't know, for some reason, I just don't want to be perceived as a moocher or somebody that's cheap or it's whatever. So, I, you know, I pick so up a lot of I checks. Th- I really do. I pick up a lot of checks. You know what I think? And I'm curious to hear what Bob thinks here. I think that when you grow up really poor, you're, you're mm-hmm. much more conscious of this kind of thing than people who grow yeah. up with privilege. Because like you, I am painfully conscious of this dynamic. And I think it's because from the time, and this applies to really definitely me, you, and Bob, from the time we were children, we were acutely aware of how tight money was, how scarce money yes. was. Yes. What's your, what do you think, Bob? What's your check strategy? I agree with him as far as if there's a single woman along, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up that check. If it's a guy, probably not. And you can you can say that that's old school or it's a bit of misogyny or whatever, but that's what I do too. The other thing is Manners. I don't have a, a problem with uh, separate checks. I don't go out with groups with like 12 people. You know, usually at the most, there's six, three couples. And that's not that hard for the waiter. Um, I don't mind just saying, put it all on one and somebody gives me some money. And I don't mind uh, splitting it. As long as the person that didn't order any alcohol doesn't have to split it evenly because, yeah. you know, yeah. very often yeah. the alcohol, 
I'm not saying it would double the bill, but it's probably a third more. And so, you know, if you don't like alcohol, uh, you shouldn't be punished for no. a $12 martini. You know what I mean? Um, but generally, I, I don't think it's that difficult, especially with the, the way they can process checks now. They do it very quickly with a little, you know, handheld computer. So I don't, I don't think it's that much of an issue. My friend I just Wendy can't say the I, words take, separate checks. Separate checks. We take turns. It's like, it. oh, it's your turn. It's my turn. It's your turn. It's my turn. But I, I was out to uh, lunch with a group of women. I think there were five, five of us at the table. And one of these women whipped out her phone and, and did the math and told us each what we owed. And then we could have whatever tip we wanted. And I remember looking at this with like my jaw hanging, like, oh my God, first of all, we're all adults here. And there's just something like I used to be a server and I used to hate that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Susan, Susan, you owe $13.49 um, because you decided to have an appetizer. Like, I hate that kind of thing. So what's your check strategy, Max? Oh, I'm a separate check person generally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that. I mean, and I have a friend and, and um, he and I would go to lunch and we could never figure out who had paid the last time. So we just started doing separate checks. That way we didn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not really a problem as long as it's fair. And I think that, you know, if you're counting, you know, Oh, uh, Susan had uh, an extra glass of wine. So we can't just say, well, split it evenly. And that's baloney. That's petty. That's that. petty. Yeah, but I really did learn petty. something today and here's what it is. Kevin is staying home the next time I go out to dinner with Lamar and Carla because Lamar will pay. <laughs> yes, he I will pay. Right. I, I learned that. Pay. It's Bob and Sherry. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. I was walking my dog Sam in the park the other day, and I had another one of the millions of encounters I have with Sam and other dogs that is so embarrassing. I... It's the first time in my life I've had a pet that I was embarrassed by. And many of my pets are neurotic and frankly bizarre looking. Like my cat Tiberius, um, my friend Wendy said to me the other day, so your daughter tells me that he's supposed to have hair, that the hairless part was a mistake. (laughs) She said, I thought you went for that intentionally. I'm like, no, he was supposed to grow hair. It just never really happened for him. So Mm. he's... He's a little embarrassing in that when people see him, they kind of gasp and retreat a little mm-hmm. bit, even though I think he's very cute. Yeah. But I've never had a pet whose behavior was embarrassing. And mm. Sam, listen to what Sam does. We're walking in the park, and he's all fluffy and jaunty and white and prancy. And when people see him, they're fa- he makes people smile. He's like a little ball of happiness on the end of a leash, unless you have another dog. And then he'll prance right up to the other dog, and he'll go, Arr! At the other dog. Mm-hmm. Little dogs, a lot of them do that. And the and the vet and the dog psychic both said, because I did, you know, have a dog psychic. <laughs> the vet and the dog psychic both said that he was doing that because he has small dog syndrome. And he's just trying to, like, puff himself up and act like a gangster badass. So he doesn't really want to be aggressive. He's just like the small guy who goes into the prison yard on his first day and picks a fight it's so amazing. that he never has to fight again. It's amazing that those little dogs do that because um, like a so little dog will do that to Finn who's 10 times Sam the size. It it's Finn. like you would have no you would have no chance. 
Sam did it to Finn, and yeah. I know you judged me and Sam for that. I don't know what no, to I, no, do. I yes, you did. You did. You did. No. Liar. No, Stop no, it. Look at, at your lying face. That's why you have that thing on your tongue, because you're a great big liar. That's why your tongue <laughs> I don't have a thing on my tongue. The other day, I had some sort of soreness in my mouth from I don't know what. You just cannot come on the radio and say that thing on your tongue. That is not an attractive image to give those who were listening, a, a particularly first-time listeners. So I was uh, I was driving in this morning, and I heard this uh, some sort of radio show, and this woman was going on and on about a dog, I don't know, a cat with no hair. And the, the man was, he didn't, he didn't have much to say, and I can't blame him, to be honest with you. If I was in that position, I don't know what I would do. But then she, she accused him of having a thing on his tongue. You know what, though? There you know, pro- I feel sorry for some men that just never found a career. <laughs> there are probably people who are going, wow, but what you've overcome, Bob Lacey. You work, you work in a business where you have to talk for a living, and yet you have a thing on I don't tongue. have a thing on my tongue. I had a, I had a sore tongue. I, I don't, well, that doesn't sound right either. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it was. I might have bitten it in my sleep or something. Anything. Well, it doesn't yeah. hurt now. No. It's it fine. feels much better. It's fine. I, I worked through it. Did you soak it or put ice on it or anything? I have therapy. <laughs> anyway, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed by this animal's behavior. I took him to doggy daycare. We've had the pet psychic. I've asked the vet. I've been teaching him, you know, with positive reinforcement, how to act in public. But tell me the truth. When somebody has a little dog and the dog acts like that, what do you think is happening? I just get my dog away because it's just the little dog syndrome. I think that's what it is. It's every almost everybody who has a little dog that does that. They they break the ice with you if you have a bigger dog by saying that. Oh, well, he thinks that he's a big guy, but he's a little guy in a big guy's head. You know, they all say the same thing. So that's what happens when I leave the house with the dog. Now, you would think that in the privacy of my own home, my dog could not embarrass me. The dog now, um, his best friend is the cat, Larry Munson, and he has taken to enthusiastically and very energetically mounting Larry Munson. Oh, jeez. He does this. He does this in front of people when they come over. So basically, the only place where I don't have dog shame is in this studio. And Larry Munson is very patient about it. Like, for the most part, he'll endure it for a little bit. And then he'll he'll let out a... And he'll smack Sam in the face with his paw. But I have had parents over at my house picking up or dropping off their kids. And this is going on. I've got an exchange student. And I don't even know how to translate this into her language to tell her what's happening. Between your comments about my tongue and the two of them getting to know each other, this is the most horrible break I've ever been a part of. <laughs> so the question for you is, what do I do? Give him a, I don't know, give him a little <laughs> whack. Are you asking me to call upon my own experience? <laughs> is that what you, oh, I get it now. I get it now. <clears throat> Just say, uh, teach the cat to say I'm not interested. You're a little short. You like to have your opinion <laughs> yeah, asked. Yeah, yeah. You like to be an yeah. expert on you things. You were married here. before. No, I'm not. Ha, yeah, have the cat say, you were married before, right? I'm not interested. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Thanks for calling upon me for my expertise. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Teal Mole was on her ranch, 
and she walked outside to see her son getting trampled by their 2,000-pound bull that they call mm. Barry. Her next mm. decision was the one only a mother could make. With her son knocked out, she tried to block the bull. She said, I regret that, but I also don't regret it. The bull chased her in circles until eventually ramming her and goring her. Oh. She was then knocked to the ground by the bull. I just kind of gave up the ghost. I was like, okay, Lord, I'm done. I can't hold out any longer, Till said. But however, her brother-in-law, Garth, raced over with a tractor, pushed the bull away. He said, the bulls is a lot stronger than you think they are, that's for sure. <laughs> so Till, Till was left with face and body bruises as well as a broken rib after the attack. But the scans taken that night at the hospital revealed something else. Lung cancer. The cancer had the potential to kill her within a year, but Tampa General's Hospital, uh, Dr. Jonathan Daniel, removed the tumor and Till got the good news that her cancer has not spread. I'm alive and I'm going to stay alive, she said. I just feel like I got another chance. This has probably been in her body for maybe even a couple of years, said the doctor. And these tumors have an exponential doubling time, but it looks like she's going to be okay. And since her cancer hasn't spread, Till can now speak out and remind smokers to get screened without waiting to be injured or risking uh, discovering cancer too late because she was a smoker. She also says she approaches the bull much differently. When I see Barry, I say, you stay over there, I'll stay over here. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but if it hadn't been for the bull, if it she hadn't may have been died for the with bull. cancer. I, yeah, I love right. it. Garth, Till, Barry. This sounds like something out of a TV show. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's a great story. Don't know. I don't think I want to be gored by a bull, but if it lets no. me find out something, let's go. This is Bob and Sherry. Thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast, the Oddcast and Talking Lamar. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate and review and maybe share it with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again so much for listening. Tis the month of St. Patty's Day, and here's a random related fact. Did you know that the odds of finding a lucky four-leaf clover are 1 in 10,000? I'd say that's pretty difficult. Fortunately, if you're a business owner or hiring manager, you don't need luck to find top talent for your team. You need ZipRecruiter, and right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Bob. You don't need a leprechaun when ZipRecruiter's brilliant technology is going to walk you right to that pot of gold of top talent. As soon as you post your job, ZipRecruiter powerful technology starts showing you the best qualified candidates for it. Aren't you just a wee bit curious to see how ZipRecruiter can help you? Well, today's your lucky day because you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Once again, just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bob. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.